0: That would solve a lot that of problems. That would just solve <laughs> that problem. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like this is, uh, we're doing a little, this is a little old school podcast here. We're recording what? pretty late at night. Yeah. We haven't done that in a long time, I feel like.
1: What is time?
0: Uh, yeah. Do you know uh, you what know time what? it
1: is? I don't, I don't know what time well, it is. Well,
0: you, d- you don't because as we've discussed prior, you took a little, uh, you took a little vacation in bed today. I. You want to tell the audience when you emerged from your room? Three o'clock. I was awake since like 1230. But... Are you sure? Ish. Because see, the thing is, here's my leading indicator with you. What? Just so that everybody knows. Because usually, I won't say usually, but often I get up ahead of you. Would you say that's fair? I think on off days, that's pretty typical, honestly. Well, yeah. Not I, I'm, always. I'm, I'm like,
1: let me let me be. Yeah. Yeah, let, yeah. 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 Totally.
0: But here's what usually happens is I get up and I do my thing in, in the COVID situation. That means go for a run or whatever and come back. Now, I don't eat right when I get up. So mm. I basically only eat lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. on slow days you know what i'm saying yeah so by the time i'm making lunch say around 12 12 one, mm-hmm. uh that will wake you up mm, it depends or as we've discussed that will start your day that you will... may already be up but usually but I'll be like oh i guess usually I get all the up. cracking yeah. of ice cube trays and yeah. rustling of pots and pans i feel like that's enough to finally then i go i guess i should start yeah. i don't know well and today what happened was all the morning All stuff happened. All the lunch stuff happened. I was halfway finished with a book <laughs> and I was like, it's like three. Is Will alive? And I actually knocked on your door today to yeah, I was check like, on you. Yes. I almost was going to put a mirror up to your mouth to see if you were still breathing. Jesus Christ.
1: It's fine. Sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed.
0: I understand. I mean, especially look. I'm. What I'm, was I
1: gonna do? Move from horizontal to upright and then back to horizontal and upright? Like it's
0: like what? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you probably have better posture laying down than either standing or sitting. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's okay. That's maybe yeah, better. It's probably. It's better for your back.
1: <laughs> I was also the right temperature. You know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. It what was you mean. very strange. I was like, I'm, you know, under a bl- under blanky, but with fan on and window crack. I was like, this is the right temperature for existence. Like I could just like be in my like, you know, bed nebula at that temperature forever, and I would be fine.
0: Yeah, right. That that, that morning temperature is nice. I tend to sleep hot though. So it, do I. So when it's like right. nice and chill, and then you can be like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like blanky up to chin, right? But you're not like, Ugh! oh man. And with all the weather changes outside right now, I mean, like the temperature is dropping rapidly i don't don't know what's going on it's going up and down i i can tell because my bones hurt (laughs) i was sitting in my room watching my math video and my Mm. leg just is killing me feels better in this chair i have to say it might be part of part of the problem might be my ikea office chair my beloved ikea chair
1: yeah because ikea chair is just made out of like a wad of foam wrapped in like basketball shorts
0: well and at this point i've had mine i don't know a year or something And Uh, it's it's starting to wear out already. Unfortunately, Ikea furniture has about that long of a shelf life, especially if you sit in it every day for three weeks, (laughs) playing Starcraft.
1: (laughs) You're wearing down the, yeah. I mean, I I fully have left, you know, bony imprints into this leather chair. Yeah. Yeah. Or leather chair.
0: Right. Quote leather. Yes. Yeah. Everyone can see, everyone can (laughs) see the scare
1: quotes in this uh, visual medium. Um, no, I actually walked today. I got 4,000 steps in my little walk.
0: Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, I did
1: go all the way to like Fulton
0: and you, back. You lost one cup of mac and cheese. I think we'll start tracking. <sighs>
1: Listen. And did I immediately pound a sleeve of club crackers with grana padana and a triple cream? You bet your ass. Mm-hmm.
0: And you went posting about it. You're getting real messy on the I'm, end. So. I don't care. <laughs> i don't care
1: like I, listen people were like what's the cheese you have a cheese hookup how are you getting this nice cheese i'm like listen little secret it's a Vails. um they also had like vegetables and like wicker baskets and i was like
0: uh, i don't know about that but uh i'll take this this cheese here uh we're talking about beloved brooklyn institution saragina that they that also right?
1: yes they also have to go uh cocktails hmm but this was around five p.m. when I was walking around. But it was before five in that before five time, or was it six? I don't know. But it seemed too early to be like, I'll take it to go old fashioned. Well, as, as, stumble we, home.
0: as we all know, it's uh, post daylight savings time. So if you're talking five o'clock, you still got three hours of daylight minimum to yeah. burn. So even if it's permissible, you know, because it's definitely five o'clock somewhere, and that somewhere is here. Yeah, you could get away with it, for sure. But
1: it's it wasn't like. It was, like, kind of too cold for that today. Like, if it was, like, a little warmer, I would have been, like, feeling myself going to do it. But it was, like, "Mm, no, I feel weird. It's, like, cold, cold, but kind of... It was
0: odd. Odd. Well, and I have to ask, this is, like, the first time you've been on a walk in a long time. Because you've been driving places for COVID safety reasons. Yeah. So you haven't been walking for a while. Did you you feel the... uh... Jelly leg? Well. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did. I was, like, I'm walking very (laughs) slow. But I was deliberately, like walk slow you're not going anywhere i mean you tend to walk like a newborn horse (laughs) anyway but that's not what i was getting at i was Uh, i was wondering if uh you felt the incredible fear in passing other people or just the suspicion and the the weird vibes of being out on the street oh yes
1: i was uh i took a right onto quincy because i saw a group of three people walking and they took up the entire span of the sidewalk and i was like i don't know where to go right and then you have the like you know the liberal guilt of i can't cross the street when youth are walking towards me because then it makes me look racist when really i'm just afraid of the covid right right and no like, no it's you and know. i just ran in until i saw someone sitting in a tesla and i was like what the fuck is this world that i'm in right now why is this white tesla just chilling
0: wow there's a white tesla in bedsty? yeah oh boy i was like huh okay
1: what property or is some rich man buying in this Downtime. Well,
0: geez, I mean, forget about the racism against the black children. I mean, the white Tesla. There goes the neighborhood, right there. I mean, yeah. that's how you know it's over.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's still you know a couple blocks away. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's down there. Yeah, because Saragina is down in what we refer to as the Stuy Heights region of town. I hate saying that because I don't believe in it. It's all Bed Stuy, but it's all Bed Stuy. It's been rebranded now as, "Hey, these nice little mansions over here are for white Tesla owners." Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: this brownstone that has. Uh, Actually three family residence. It's a wonderful town home for you and the you know, two small children that you shipped off to Switzerland
0: for boarding school mm-hmm. and your wife that's absolutely cheating on you.
1: <laughs> you don't live here all the full time? Oh yes. Okay, perfect.
0: I i wonder I wonder if it's a madman situation. I wonder if there's any Manhattanite businessmen that kind of have their, their side piece stored up in Ste Heights.
1: Hose in Brooklyn? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be
1: surprised. I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised.
0: I mean, I installed art in a, um, how do I even describe it? I mean, I a guess palace? it was a loft style apartment building. It was like maybe an old church or an old school building or something oh, that yeah, they yeah. had like just cleared and it was like three apartments on every floor. Yeah, Um, very like nouveau riche condo style where everything looks like a motel. It's like completely charged Oh yeah. yeah except yeah. there's like a slanted ceiling or something yeah. you know, and a skylight yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And the person that I installed art for over there. Uh, was not somebody's side piece, but, you know, it had that kind of vibe. Oh. That, I, that I'm sure this is just mm. his pad, you know? Not really where he lives. Uh,
1: kind of, it's like where you entertain.
0: Yeah. It seemed like, because it was, well, you know, in my experience at rich people's homes has been weird, because typically they don't have a lot of, like, stuff. They have, mm. they have a lot of nice stuff like art and furniture. Yeah. But closets empty, kitchen empty. There's no clutter. You know, there's no stuff like that. There's yeah. no it's not a livable situation because they have so many places that you know, and so many resources that they can just buy new clothes or get takeout like all the yeah. like all the charming parts of a home that are usually a little grungy but like in have a cute character, way, yeah. Yeah, are absent. They're just empty rooms. Yeah. In rich people's homes. So it was a situation like that.
1: Yeah, there's never really like bookshelfery. Like, or it's like in a study that's like a sealed room or something. The, you know, know, yeah,
0: they, the more human of our. Overlords, mm. they usually will have like an office or a study or a library type room where there is clutter and it's yeah. in the form of paperwork and books. Yeah, and like a computer or, or like something. the office has like all the shit. Otherwise, books just take the form of like a couple of them are shoved under the end, not shoved, but like nicely placed under an end table. Or there's one on the coffee table to give you the. They don't have lo- that, they yeah. don't have shelves and shelves of books because they're stupid and they don't read. Books are only for show. You know what I mean? They act as props only. They're not Mm, there as a resource. Yeah, Well, it's also like a certain level of lack of imagination
1: where it's like, well, we just bought the expensive things because I got to this point in life. So I just bought the expensive thing. And you're like that, uh, Bob Mitchell and William, uh, whatever that fancy furniture store is on, uh, Lafayette, you know, Bob Gold, Mitchell Williams. Yeah. Like those are just ikea looking motherfuckers but it costs ten thousand dollars and you're like why well because i can afford more than ikea so i will spend the more
0: money on the terrible ugly thing it's like it's charmless you bastard yeah i guess but you know all things considered if you do get trapped inside due to a pandemic at least your office chair is not going to fall apart and hurt your leg
1: (laughs) why are you getting deep vein thrombosis from sitting in ikea chair? i think i might
0: be yeah Mm. honestly Oh, I I was getting
1: cramps in my leg from sitting so much, and I was like, oh, I have a blood clot now, and it's traveling through my body, and I'm going to die.
0: No, I'm glad to hear you went for a walk. I I shame you all the time, but uh, part of of my shaming in recent days, believe it or not, listeners, I've been giving Will an even harder time off (laughs) mic than on about his mac and cheese habits uh but yeah you need to get you got to get up and do something man it, yeah. y- it literally being sedentary for three weeks is is Very brutal
1: yeah. yeah well no i mean, been going to the studio it's throwing stuff around
0: yeah but still like i think especially new yorkers take for granted that you're automatically going to get ten thousand steps it's the only yeah. reason people here look good in general is that that's what everybody's doing oh, but then yeah. all you have to do is take a trip to like um Outskirts of Cleveland or whatever to realize that most Americans do just sit around and yeah. then get in their cars and everybody weighs 600 pounds. Yeah.
1: Well, it's also not hard to get to 10,000 steps. I did it casually, or it, well,
0: halfway casually. Halfway casually, but that's the thing, right? It actually is kind of hard to get to. If you're doing it on purpose, 10,000 steps is a lot. Think about that if your normal daily life is a commute to work in a car and back, you know, oh, yeah, and you can't anywhere, walk around yeah. at work. You know, this is what most people's lives look like office office job wise to then get 10,000 steps on top of that. If you're not going to run and kind of, you know, accelerate the pace, you then have to walk for like two hours.
1: Yeah. Uh, At
0: minimum. I don't even think that would be enough, honestly. I mean, I, I used to take really long walks when we first arrived in New York. Uh, hey, back when I also didn't have a job. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> oh, um, boy. But, yeah, like, that first summer when we lived here and I didn't have any work, I would and I didn't have a studio, I would walk around to photograph stuff. Oh, yeah. And I remember walks, like, from Bed-Stuy to, like, Dumbo. That's only, like, 15,000 steps there and back. Really? Yeah. So, so, if that gives you any idea of how of how much mileage you have to cover, it's a lot. Hmm. Well, in fact, that's actually not that much mileage, but, I mean, just... In New York lo- terms, yeah. that's a lot of distance. Yeah. Especially to walk.
1: Huh. I did think about like walking to Manhattan over the Williamsburg Bridge, and I was like, it's so fucking far to get to there.
0: Shit. Well, yeah, yeah, it is far. I mean, I've done that walk before. I when I worked on the Lower East Side, I used to walk home sometimes. If there was a friend that wanted to or whatever. Mm. I did it once or twice. And it's a nice it's a really nice walk, and it honestly doesn't take that long if you're just like having a conversation. I did it exactly once and thought I was gonna die halfway across the goddamn bridge. Well, yeah, I remember riding bikes with you over the bridge one time, and that was a sad sight to see as well. Listen,
1: I, now, the walk over—it was on one of the sunniest, nicest days, and I was like, "Oh no, I've made a huge mistake." Like it just never ended, and I was—I hit the other side and was sad. But the biking—I don't know how
0: you did that for years. Oh yeah,
1: it is so painful.
0: It's pain. Well, just like all. This is why I'm trying to encourage you with shame. Is. Is that it's painful. What you have to understand about any new regiment is that much like the COVID lockdown, in a different way, it's painful for the first two to three weeks. Mm. And then it's not anymore. Fair. Or rather it is, but you get accustomed to it and it doesn't phase you as much. Hmm. So that's how it works. But but the thing I wanted to say last thing on the walking over the bridge Mm -hmm. is it's a really good idea not to do that right now. Like uh, oh. driving your car far distances is one thing because you're isolated, but you for sure should not be walking around neighborhoods. I don't you know mm. from neighborhood to neighborhood. I don't know if you saw the New York Times, I think uh map of oh yeah, it's of, oh yeah, yeah like uh not county, but like cases per per neighborhood basically per zip code or it was like yeah, per zip code, uh yeah,
1: well, where the studio is in Mass I could be walking around all over the place because that is very low well, well, Cause no one lives there.
0: For reference, the low numbers on that map were something like between 100 and 300. So, oh,
1: it was no it was zero and 113 or something. Well,
0: my yeah. okay, f- fair enough. I think you're right, but my point is that there's still triple-digit cases more than likely, oh, and yeah. those are only reported and tested. So, uh, really, it's probably four to five times higher than that. Oh yeah, probably. you have to imagine. Well, it's not safe to walk anywhere. But your point is taken. That like you know, the farther out you get in any borough in general, it seems to be a little safer. Although South Brooklyn and the Northern Bronx are fucked but it's because well, yeah. they're poor.
1: Well, and Queens is real bad. Real, real bad. bad in
0: Queens, but mm-hmm.
1: like it's the like the the seaport very very rare. Well, nothing's Well, nobody no lives, lives over there. there. Yeah.
0: yeah, and if people aren't really working or are taking precautions while they're at work, it's probably yeah, safer to be in like an industrial zone. That's also probably part of the reason that Mass Beth mm. is safe. Yeah.
1: Huh. Except a bunch of people at the MTA got got sick and died from it.
0: And there's an MTA uh, depot. The bus depot's over there. Well, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like for MTA workers. I mean, I saw yesterday I also took a walk to go get wine. Farther than I usually venture away up to Broadway. Not even a mile, right? That's not a mile, no. Um, It's like a half mile. It was the first time I'd been far enough away from the house to, like... I don't know, witness just another scene sort of. Mm-hmm. And I saw a bus that had one passenger on it sitting in the very back seat wearing a mask and mm-hmm. the driver wearing a mask in the very front. Oh. I they, I, they I, I wasn't supposed
1: to be able to wear masks or something.
0: What? Yeah, the
1: MTO was like, it's going to scare people. Don't
0: wear masks. Look, I think the effectiveness of masks is unclear, but what is clear is that we don't know, so it doesn't hurt. I can't yeah. imagine why mm-hmm. they wouldn't. I, is that for reasons of surveillance? Like, they need to know who's driving the bus? If they no, run a red light or get th- pulled over or something?
1: No, I think it's... It's like the re- like the people at Target, like, they were like, don't wear masks. Or if you, you can if you want to, but we won't give them to you. What is because the justification it, for this? It makes people fear when they look at you
0: oh, So, like, so would you is, get okay. on a bus if you're like
1: oh my god masked person ah, and run away like you know
0: well it, th- that's extra stupid in this situation if it's just for optics because the other alternative is do i want to get on a bus with someone without a mask on absolutely not
1: Oh yeah, people were looking at me crazy walking around cuz I didn't have anything on my face. Yeah, yeah, and I'm no, like, no. uh I don't I don't know where to get those, so we're not doing that. Right,
0: I don't have any PPE here and I get the same looks like um I had a couple of people cross the street on me when I was running yesterday morning. Yeah. Um and I've recently taken Erica's advice which is running the street. It yeah. it solves that problem. I think walking in the street could also accomplish that in some circumstances. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, that the thing about the optics, whether it's target workers or bus drivers or whatever, I think yeah. that's an early pandemic thing because oh, the mask yeah. has yeah. quickly changed signaling from fear to safety because mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which I think, you know, it makes me realize that like in Asian countries where that's more typical or yeah. even like, you know, in non-pandemic times when like people in Chinatown would wear, yeah. would wear masks all the time. It, it really is because it's like, no, that's a, that's a sign of solidarity and safety. Yeah, rather than a sign of fear. Well, which it was is how like we always. A, yeah, at it,
1: it was always like a protective thing. Like people would like during the cold, cold and flu season, you wouldn't leave without a mask in like Taiwan. Yeah, which is like that's a very different thing. Like we just don't we don't like not being able to see full face. Yeah. That's a very American Western thing. We're like, well, no no no, I need to see the expression, please.
0: Well, I think it's a very I think it's a very human thing to fear people in masks. I mean it goes yeah. it goes back to just tribal warfare of like, yeah, it it's signaled something bad in general, but the mm-hmm. reason that I think those cultures in the Far East like adopted that is because over the last twenty years they've had two or three of these SARS like oh, pandemics yeah. before and that's why like i, I think oh. it's more it's not like some innate difference it's that they have cultural experience that would <laughs> lead them to a different conclusion mm, fair that now the whole world is going to have I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if during cold and flu season it, when this, this eventually just, breaks yeah. up if this is just the new normal, normal. there's going to be so many new normals like that i've been trying to run that math in my head but
1: but like what
0: what does it look like i don't you know it's very uh hmm I don't know. One of the things I've realized primarily over the course of all this is it it is I think I finally have internalized the idea that it's better to just give up on predictions. Oh, yeah. Like speculation is fun. I think it's fun to do that and I will not cease. But Uh, having hmm. like a hot take where you're like giving a, a, you know, a concrete position, it's not not only is it kind of not responsible right now, I just actually can't formulate it. I'm like not willing to, Mm. you know speculating about possible futures is one thing in like the big vague abstract yeah but, but as even far that's like small... who the fuck knows you know but like but you you gotta start to think about it right uh, denial more than a river <laughs> Jeez.
1: more than a river um... more than a
0: feeling my favorite boston song
1: <laughs> hold please hold we're just gonna just make sure that you gotta get quicker can... on these cues yeah. it, it took me a while it's <laughs> uh, when you when it's not like literally right in front of my face i'm like oh i gotta scroll oh it's so hard um no um i'm also like let's just do this to balance the force
0: yeah yeah i'll let you get your drink poured. i gotta get my glug my glug glug sound effect somewhere in here all right that was Very nowhere good. near close enough to the mic what? You have the headphones on now. You should know. What?
1: Am I supposed to pour it near the thing? I thought Is you it... wanted the sound effect. No, or you, I need. You're trying to download one. No, I should, like get a re- I should get a thing. So this isn't Red Scare. We don't do that. Oh, we don't? We don't do clinky glasses
0: and shit like that. I think your episodes that you hosted. With <laughs> <laughs> the
1: loudest drink pouring known to man. Yes.
0: Ugh. Oh, see, that picked up nicely. I like that. I need the like real housewives, like glug, 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 glug. You know, I was, uh, I was messing with the Zoom today while you were, uh, s- still in your bedroom quarantine. Mm. Um, because, uh, well, we talked about it really briefly with Ulrika when she was on the big spectacular episode, but, um. Thank you. But remember the, um, the uh, Billie Eilish, like, th- three-dimensional remix of that mm-hmm, one song mm-hmm. we were sent. So Ulrika sent us a song, just so we're clear. You can find it on SoundCloud. I found it again today. That is, like, this mix of, of a Billie Eil- Eilish song where the different instrumentals appear to, like, rotate around your head. It's a very spatial experience of sound.
1: Yeah, which you you found very surprising. I'm like, you've never been in a room with bad bad speaker placement? Where you're like, huh, if I move over here, it's coming up on my right.
0: Well, I don't think you're giving it enough credit. I mean, Will described it very aptly, actually, as it sounds like walking through a Zara. Uh, which it does. does. It, it does sound like that. But, but uh, you know, from, from like an audio engineering perspective, it's not like incredibly complicated, but there is a lot of craft it's, and like yeah. timing to that. It's it's different than just being in a room. It's uh, Yeah. But it also seems like, I don't know. There's a sculptural dimension to the audio is what I'm getting at, where like it. it it makes it makes a shape in space around your head. What? Yeah.
1: A sculptural dimension to the audio. I don't think that's dude? an
0: unfair description at all. I'm going to have to I'm going to make this a stereo a podcast usually our podcast comes out mono mm-hmm. just so that I can drop that song in and give everybody a little taste of what I'm oh, talking boy. about because I am right and you're being a curmudgeon. I wouldn't call it a sculptural quality. I would find it, I would say it's an interesting novelty. Do you, well, do you want to know why I say that actually? Actually, I would, yes. I was I was in a sound art class one time that I just took as a goof because it was easy and I liked the. Professor. I am sitting
1: in a room. I am sitting in a room, and then you, it, it repeats, and then the bounces.
0: Should we should we kill some time by doing a, a podcast performance of John Cage's Five Four Four? So the the reason the reason that I describe that as a sculptural quality mm-hmm. is back when I was in my sound art class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not doing shit or taking it seriously. Uh friend of ours and good artist, Lauren Yeager, mm-hmm. um, she is a sculptress, or was. I don't know how she would describe herself now, but that was her major... She does sculptural thingies. Yeah, still. Or, yeah. like conceptual art. I mean, I don't know. But she did an amazing piece for the final where she hooked up a mic just like we use for the podcast on a really long xlr cable mm-hmm. and had her friend stand next to her and sing a song don't remember what song it was just like some you know, classic folk song or something but the friend was a very good singer mm-hmm. and she started the mic out on a very short um, thread mm-hmm. so maybe the xlr cable was in her hand and then stretched about two feet to the mic and whipped it around in a circle around her head mm-hmm. and let it go longer and longer and longer and longer till the full thirty feet expired and she let go of the mic and it unplugged and flew away. Mm-hmm. But the effect that it had in a in a really simple and beautiful way as a recording was to give you an awareness of space and distance by oh, that yeah. simple device. So that's what I mean by a sculptural quality to it. And that's how she described it. Like, I'll never forget that because I thought that that was interesting. Like, being oh, yeah. able to apply what's normally a really concrete form to something pretty ephemeral like that. You're delineating space. Yeah. You're dr- it's closer to drawing. It's not even sculpting.
1: You're literally sketching out the parameters of the room.
0: Yeah, sure. But I but I would argue that it's giving you a feeling of space in a, in a way that drawing represents space. Fair. And sculpture occupies space in general. Mm. But sound also occupies space by traveling across it. So it was like it was a nice it was a nice mesh of that. Mhm. 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 Um. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> you know, in this in this case I I you know what? I'm going to push back. I super don't appreciate that. I think that that was a nice story and it was an, It a, was heartwarming. A pleasant articulation of how I'm right and you're being a dick. <laughs> yeah that's fine i'm comfortable with that um i don't <clears throat> like the insinuation that it was boring you know? <laughs> get out of here with that shit right now um
1: uh you but, know
0: but so anyway uh, that's a very long way of saying that today i was playing with the zoom okay while you were in in bed still mm-hmm. because of that song and thinking about that concept i was just sitting here reading a book and i was i'm listening to the sounds outside the window all the time Mm -hmm. because you can't go outside and they're somewhat unique like it's still the same cacophony of new york but there's slight variations to it in that there's a ton more sirens there's a lot less chatter there's a lot more birds oh yeah like there's there's a totally different sonic situation and i can't help but notice it every day
1: there's still work on the street jackhammering when i'm trying to like hop on a call and i'm like can we stop please
0: sure that actually ceased today but yes i know i know what you mean but you know there's but that's what i'm saying is that there's still the normal stuff going on you still hear an occasional argument you hear the gates open and close every once in a while but it's really um it's not quiet but it's a different situation than normal and i'm just attuned to it it's not the sound of a city no Which is weird. Not exactly, other than the the copious sirens, but they're very ominous because of the COVID situation. You know that because of the way that hospitals are stressed out, each one of those represents a case. Yeah. In all likelihood. I mean, obviously, there's heart attacks and stuff like that still happening, but, like, 90% of them are going to be designated for coronavirus, and you know it. Yeah. So that's strange. Usually, sirens represent, like, a mystery, right? And now you don't have that. But so anyway, I'm sitting here listening to that, and I realized that, like, if I just put the Zoom... With the uh, oh the the the, double mm -hmm. stereo mic that's connected to it up to the window, I can get like a pretty solid recording of the whole street sonic environment. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea of trying to um, manipulate that such with panning and Mm -hmm. different devices to give you a more accurate feeling of what it's like for me to sit on the couch so to try and like make a sound piece that was a representation out the window by just sort of editing and organizing those sounds so that they panned in and out realistically oh yeah do you know what i'm saying so like if a siren went by it would pan in your headphones from left to right yeah and if there was an argument on the street right in front of our apartment that would come in like full frontal from both channels but those things would overlap appropriately and stuff i realize that this is an incredible technical challenge and i don't exactly have the equipment for it but we Mm. we have enough to try it again the the primary problem was that working from a stereo recording a single track stereo recording i don't have a lot of room to manipulate one track fair but if you had four mics or five like we do Ooh. I can set them all up in different places and record individual directions, and then work from there. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try that again. But I think this idea is interesting, and if I get it together, I'll just publish it as like like a short like two minute episode. Just because we have that avenue, so why not? Yeah, why not? And and this is all just to the point of like I'm wondering what you're thinking too because I've just been struggling to like paint or do anything conventionally artistic lately. So hmm. I've been doing photography and now messing with the sound is interesting. I'm just trying to figure out ways to like stay engaged hmm. when I don't. I don't think it's easy to make paintings right now. It doesn't. It, that's not coming as a natural form. Oh, I, I opposite, interesting.
1: Go I got that big square that moved from Bushwick to Mass with drawn out already got the the hand the drawing hands the reachy, reachy hands it's all it's all drawn out and then another uh set of strollers so i'm just like waiting to go and like crank them out but again i don't want to like i want to make them right so i i want that colorade shit so sure. if anyone has well, colorade well i don't want to
0: i don't want to interrupt your train of thought too much but to try to explain what you're doing oh okay you know what I so mean? Take i have your time. like i know but oh they don't yeah know. but like we should say real quick too, before you really get into it, that you having safe access to a more or less private studio really helps. Yeah, I do. I not.
1: mean, yeah, I can just bust in the door. There's people, but we got walls. It's fine. Walls well, and so and much and fucking sawdust that
0: droplets couldn't get. Unlike through the air, my anyway. situation, and I'm sure a lot of other people's, you're not in a bigger building. Your building is just the it's studios an outpost, yeah. that belong there. So it's yeah. not that it's not it's not a bustling a hub, hub. It's not yeah. unsafe. Yeah.
1: No, because, um, you know, obviously I'm a very responsible person. Um, everyone can hear the head shaking Yeah, if, no? Well, no, um, they can't
0: hear your head shaking, but I think they, they can see my eyes glazing over <laughs> w- when I feel the need to express that the listener should write in and tell Will he needs to stop moving around so much because mm. it scares me and he doesn't listen to me. So <sighs> if, you, if you can help me drive him to some ethical responsibility for once in his miserable <laughs> life. I would really appreciate it. Now anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so I I had I I, you know, did the thing, bought seven yards of canvas because I was like, ooh, free vacation. We'll see how much longer it's paid, but we'll, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um but one mall four Four blank canvases ready, one big one, one sh- medium one, and they're all drawn and ready to go. Oh, I I started that other one, too. Uh, shout out to Rachel for helping me figure out uh, which color to pick for a set of magnifying glass hands. Um, where was I going with this? My brain is melty.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> no, they're all just waiting for me you, to go do you have do a lot them. of canvases in your studio and they're that are waiting. Like, we they're at the trigger point we're we're talking we're talking about the idea of it's difficult for me to create paintings right now but you're yeah. not having that experience no. so what's what's the nature of the ease do you think the technical parts of it how many canvases you have is not interesting but, no, uh, I'm, but in, like, I'm interested yeah, in, i was like what, what, i'm interested gonna... in what in what what you think that's about why do you think you're so ready for it right now uh uh
1: does your brain go blank when you make things? Do you uh, get a little zen?
0: Well, I absolutely do. But for me, and, and I'd be curious what your response is. For mm-hmm. for me, the, the thing is that my brain does go blank because once I've decided to take an action, the action is more or less mechanical. It just has to be executed. I don't rely on intuition in the execution of my work, but mm-hmm. only in the conceptual stage. So it breaks for me two different ways. hmm. Now I'm assuming that's probably not true for you. I or do only I, to some extent.
1: I do all the like the thinking on the front end and then we're just we're just taping and painting.
0: Yeah, then I'm saying the same thing. So I go zen in that second category.
1: Yeah, and all of my things are at that stage ready to just like do. Uh-huh. So I'm like ah, I don't have any dread cuz I did all the like dread work. All sure. the imagineering has been done already.
0: Sure but I think part of part of the problem for me right now is that the imagineering is um difficult that that's actually the hard part. Yeah. So you you don't have any self-consciousness at all that like the imagineering that you've done is out of date or needs to be revised or is at all affected by what's going on?
1: You know how many hand paintings are in my studio right now? A lot of hands. Oh, interesting Reaching hands yeah, like yeah. which I I like the idea of phantom limbs. I, we didn't talk about ever on here but on. I like realized at a certain point all the like images i was plucking from the world were all like floating ghost apparition hands and i was like huh that's a thing let's keep thinking about that and then you can use a lot of repeating things so it becomes pattern based and so i was like oh maybe this is a good time to be thinking about hands
0: yeah it's interesting that that just yeah, that just dovetails with the situation in a strange way. So it it takes on a new meaning uh, without you having to get involved in it too much.
1: Yeah, it's you not can like... kind
0: of move forward with your original plans, and now they have new content just because of the situation. Yeah, they're just
1: given new context. But the idea of like a phantom apparition limb inserting itself into a void. Well,
0: right, right. Look around. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. No, that's interesting. I mean, you know, we were having this conversation last night about the new urn that you were looking at. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to describe it or do you want me to?
1: It's just like the other one, but it's a stock one and it says, ooh, pretty dark in here. Yes.
0: Yes. We'll we'll post a picture of it just to just to yeah, be extra clear. It. But the thing that was like uh, really tripping me out about that was that it was a stock one uh-huh. because the lived, laughed, loved, earned that's famous on this show was your invention. That yeah. that was not a that was custom. Yeah, that was custom. And when you showed me that one, I mean, you explained right away that it was stock, but like it didn't strike me as stock. And then. I was, like, very upset by it in a, in a strange way because uh-huh. it, it it implies all these things about the relationship of the person that's buying it and the relationship of the deceased and a, a whole chain of events that your entire life can be summed up by a stock urn. Like, that idea really freaked me out. Like a bad out. joke stock urn. A- yeah. And I think it might actually, ha- like, that alarmism about it might have a lot to do with the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. those those urn sales are about to tick up.
1: Mm. I'm, uh, really, I don't know. Can you can you burn an infected body?
0: Well, I think in, I, I I know I there know. was a rumor going around when it was only in Wuhan that that's precisely what they were doing. Oh. I, d- I don't think that you're allowed to like give back the ashes. Oh. i I'm not sure. In in fact, there this is sort of a tangent, but there was a an article I think in the Intercept recently that like they're scaling up the operation for graves on I forget what it's called, but there's a certain island near Rikers. Where Potter's, Field. Potter's Field where all of the um, unclaimed bodies in New York City like let's say an old person yeah. dies and they have no family they you know no one to trace it to yeah they bury them in Potter's Field on this island and they've scaled that operation up tremendously they've offered like prisoners from Rikers higher pay and PPE to go like dig graves and <sighs> de Blasio denies that it's coronavirus related but like the timing makes it very obvious what's actually going on. That it might be for the prison population only, it might be for the greater populace, but nonetheless, because of COVID, <sighs> they're doing that. <sighs> but so back to the urn. So we, we were talking... We yeah, were talk- I, I, the urns are on hold,
1: because I figured, I think this is a little too
0: morbid. You, you know well we should have that conversation cuz I you know I was alarmed by it and I do think it's incredibly morbid but I really liked the idea of you just purchasing it and using it as a ready-made work of art like yeah an empty urn that says it's really dark in here purchased by you and just simply recontextualized I think is enough to constitute a conceptual yeah. artwork and it relates to the thing you were talking about with your paintings and the hands Where it's like I think this is kind of a theme for you as an artist where you use your intuition to get to stylistic things that you like. This is also true of you in conversation now that I think about it, but you use your intuition to go down stylistic and like, um, appearance based routes. And then the content kind of creeps in from the outside. Not that you're ignorant of it or anything, (laughs) but I, but I do think that that is kind of a strategy of yours is that like, you've landed on certain technical and like, um, historical, motifs and arenas and you draw from those but then like the current environment changes its meaning um i mean the vetting
1: process for use is a labyrinth that i can't even unpack
0: sure but like you know what i mean like i don't i don't it's hard that's why i was trying to be careful not to accuse you of ignorance because i think it's actually really sensitive and tuned up but in a way that's impenetrable, maybe even to you, Yeah, I which know. is fine. Um, but it's interesting because I think a lot of artists or I don't know, I'll just speak for myself. Like I approach art as like uh, making an assemblage that then constructs the content. So I'm very aware of the pieces and the ultimate result. And I judge a work's success or failure on whether or not I conveyed what I intended to. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think you're trying to assemble like an intuitive uh regime and what is conveyed is open to timing or whatever yeah or or a well-placed title at least in part whereas i feel like some of my paintings are sort of uh, like in in light of what's going on right now i don't even care about the issues i was trying to address anymore so they're like de facto bad art now oh well i mean who because art has to have a life over time. Like I'm yeah. trying to compliment you and say I think that's a really smart like artistic intuition that I don't really think I have.
1: I mean, the other urn I was going to buy was a mini one that said not definitely not cocaine. So I don't know about that. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute.
0: You, that was a custom one or that was a stock one? Too? <laughs> it's
1: going to be a custom one. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> Thank God. I mean, if that was a if that was a real one, boy, they're really, yeah. They're really taking advantage of like the drug addiction apocalypse. That's I mean a part of our society. If you're willing to market that,
1: yeah. Uh, it was. It was. I f- first had not weed, and then I was like, ashes are not. N- come on, like, come on, like, don't snort, Grandma. Like, in all
0: honesty, like it, a human, <laughs> a cremated human's. Ashes probably resemble black tar heroin more than anything. but oh. that's a little wordy. I think that's cocaine, too messy. I think cocaine was fine,
1: but even that was like that's dumb jokes. <laughs> that's not yeah. that's not one that, that was like back to the room. You go back to the room.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know that that doesn't see. I think you okay. Let's say you don't purchase the it's dark in here or it's what does it say? It's very dark in here. Yeah, or Earn. something like that. Yeah. Let's say you don't purchase that, but I I do think that that is a new goal post uh which i think live laughed lived laughed loved did achieve but mm. like if your joke on the custom urn isn't as funny and morbid as the du- yeah as mm-hmm. it being very dark in there like it it's not gonna work i, I think you have to try to hit that barrier and if you can't you simply purchase that one and that's that's that's, that's the, the sum total ball. of a but i don't want
1: some like schmuck at perfect that's perfect to like best me you know like i have to believe i'm a little bit smarter than that
0: yeah i understand but that actually is I a really high it, bar but, like yeah. like again i think what really spiraled me out about it is what it implies about all the parties involved oh, and, yeah. I, and i think that's something to really think about because um lived laughed loved also does that it's the same kind of joke where it's basically this idea that like the two people involved here the purchaser of the urn and the deceased were both like basic ass bitches or at least that's the way that the living party viewed them viewed them and you know it can go in a lot of directions from yeah. there but like the idea of a commodified existence because how many summed up by a joke how many of those also is horrible are,
1: Terrifying. like already made for like you know like at the end of the day they're all just like we custom etch, you know, shit all at the same time. So it's probably like a CAD file or something yeah. in that, you know. So, like, I don't think that there's 20 in stock, wow, it's dark in here, earns. But I don't know that to be true. But I want to know who purchased that and made that call. Because that's the yeah. person I would like to shake their hand.
0: Well, you need to interview. You need them. to interview them and figure out what's going on in their mind. I mean, that's like a, that's just a form of research for you as uh, as part of your practice. Like the the thing yeah. that scares me is there's like more than likely not that much going on in somebody like that's mind. Yeah, that's which is w- the worries. implication of it is scary. You know. Yeah um and to the to the point that is there 20 in stock no i don't think so i mean think about every market in the world right now it's just on time supply they produce them as requested mm-hmm. maybe with a small backlog in case they get a mass order they need to yeah eat. but no there's probably not 20 of them there's probably three ready to ship maybe hmm oh, but who knows during coronavirus they might have amped that up a little i
1: more. don't know whoever you know jeff you know jeff's dad joke aporium guy the guy who like you know has the white ASIC lawnmower shoes. That's, you know, a lot of those going down in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the country. So um, you never know. Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh, do you remember, it was a couple of years ago now, but there was a story about a little girl that died tragically somehow. I don't know if it was a terminal illness or, a, a, you know, if she got huh. run over by a roving band of motorcyclists. I have no idea. Hmm. But so a little girl died and her parents wanted to put, I think, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or an iconic Disney character on her tombstone. No, fucking Disney's not going to let that happen. Yeah, and Disney did not let it happen, and they straight up sued the parents over it and made them, like, chip it off their (gasps) child's tombstone.
1: I kind of love that Because they didn't want to be
0: affiliated with death. Oh, yeah. Like, Disney's notorious for having really strict control of their IP and, like, lobbying the government to make sure it never falls out of trademark. Oh, yeah. But... Um, I think they would have been more open to a situation like that, or it never would have gotten on their radar if it was a symbol of hope. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting to me that their brand identity is so reliant on, like, um, eternal fantasy mm-hmm. that even the the very notion of a hero character being affiliated with death was bad. Yeah. Like, I almost guarantee you if that little girl wanted, like, uh, Scar... On her tombstone, they would have let it. They would stay. have been like sick, yeah. because it reinforces the brand. Mm, maybe. Yeah.
1: I I mean, you you know the the rumor that if you like are having a heart attack or like if you die in one of the parks, they take your body to the outside of the park and then call the police. Oh, I did not know that. Like through so, their
0: underground network of little tunnels, uh-huh. like they get you out and then they call nine one one. Wow.
1: So that way, it didn't happen on the premises. Because think about it, have you heard of anyone dying? True, that's true. How many Six Flags have people, like, been launched out of fucking...
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Well, on one hand, that that should make you feel very safe riding a roller coaster at Disney World or whatever. Like, their safety standards are probably a lot higher than than a normal for-profit corporation. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if you're an obese American with diabetes and you suddenly have a coronary smoking your last cigarette in the, like, designated zone at Epcot,
1: yeah. It's going to be a
0: long trip. It's it's going to be a long <laughs> painful
1: trip after you you know try to drink around the world and you make yep. it to about 19 countries.
0: Yep. You yeah, you, you make it <sighs> to Germany and you have your last 3 foot boot full of <laughs> lager
1: and then you go yeah.
0: you pull a full roger sterling oh uh, it's tight it's it's like a tank on my chest yeah mona i love you so much mickey i love you so much <laughs> oh my god yeah uh that's
1: true there would be a lot more this is why like if people like disney shit they'll bring like a thing or a stuffed thing to put on it but it never you know it's never on the stone yes exactly which Maybe this is some morbid shit. Can I just take a bunch of, you know, order a set of ears, go to Green Lawn? What's it called? Green? What's the big ass cemetery over here?
0: Oh, I think it's Greenwood.
1: Yeah, go to Greenwood and then just put it on top of gravestones and then take photos.
0: Uh, yeah, you can do that. That's wildly disrespectful. You right? can do it. Listen, man, you can you can do <laughs> That's anything. Bad to do, right? Hey, hey, it's the end of the world, baby. You can do whatever the fuck you want, man. I'm just be
1: like, come for me, Disney.
0: It's sort of disrespectful, but it's like, uh, who cares? I mean, people go to graveyards and like make rubbings and stuff or just go there to hang out. I mean, I I used to. Are you goth? What? Oh, dude, I used to spend so much time in um, Grover Cleveland's tomb. Do you remember this? What was that cemetery called at the top of the hill? Lakeview Cemetery. I believe it was Grover Cleveland. Somebody Although I he think might be from New York. I don't know. But it, it was some, you know, or it's Garfield's tomb. Yes, it was Garfield. Yeah. James A. Garfield. So there's a presidential tomb n- near where I used to live and where we went to school in Ohio. And oh, yeah. When I was in college, we would go there all the time to smoke weed and enjoy the view or just like throw beer bottles off of it or whatever, because <sighs> it was, you know, it's completely unregulated territory and you can go up into this spire and it's on top of a hill. Cleveland's a pretty oh. flat place. You can get a great view of everything. True. It's a really fun. We used to go sledding in the cemetery in the winter. But, yeah, of, of course. I mean, I had some of my greatest nights hanging out at the cemetery. It's not just for goths, man. Cemeteries, <laughs> they're not just for goths. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Um, I, not, I mean, I'm, I was never that person. They skeeved me out.
0: Yeah, you know, it's I, I'm not that type of person because cemeteries scre- skeeve me out personally, but I'm also not one to look like a pussy in front of a group of people. Uh, okay, yeah, and I'm, you know what? Mm-hmm. When you're in there with a group, the menace goes away completely. It really does. I just,
1: uh, ooh, ooh, ha. Mm. no, they they weird me out. I don't even like going on the Jackie Robinson, like on the way back
0: really even being proximate it's to a ugh. cemetery going like 70 miles an hour is it's weird it's weird to you i don't mm, you know you i don't think make it, i mean i think new york cemeteries are particularly weird because of their incredible density They're so tight it's like oh it, it is it is a different vibe yeah oh i on, mean on some level that makes them less intimidating though it makes the commonality of death like just e- easier to visualize it's not it's, it doesn't scare me
1: yeah but again have we talked about it on here? I want to be in the mausoleum. I don't think we have. Go ahead. I want to be in a wall. I want to be really high up off the ground, laying down, slide
0: my slab, slap some marble over me, and fuck it. We're done. So it, it's the subterranean element that bothers you. you put me in the ground? No, lift me up. You, you want to be interned above everyone else. Yes, because I'm a haughty bastard. Wow. If the, yeah, that says a lot about your character.
1: Well, also, like... If you want to visit me, you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, there he is." Got to be like, "Oh, he's up there, fucker!" Like because I kind of <laughs> like that as like that bastard. We can't even leave fucking flowers. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fun.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, like um, I remember when I visited Italy as a kid. Oh boy. Speaking of deaths, there. <moop> Oops. Um, but they can build all new catacombs. Th- they, I think, did almost exclusively like above ground internment for a while because you because ca- you can't dig down it's all rock yeah well no not because it's rock but because so much of italy is ancient like you're oh. o- you're inevitably going to run into an old city or some kind of mm. like uh ar- archaeologically archeolo- significant site huh so they were uh, i remember going to a cemetery for some reason it must have been to like see a long dead distant relative of mine or mm-hmm. something but yeah it was almost all mausoleums and it was it was well don't they just chuck you in the church churches all have like mausoleum halls uh, yes, that's the, very Italian. The churches have them, too. But the other thing is just lack of space. Like that's kind of where I was going, oh. is that I don't remember how this resolves. I would be curious what the situation is that there now, especially during a pandemic, because Ooh. they don't have a lot of space above or below ground. So I I think I would imagine at a certain point, like cremation and urns has probably going to become, like, be the a primary yeah. way of doing it. But uh, from a Catholic perspective, that's OK, right? Like that there's nothing prohibiting that or. I feel like it's frowned upon. I feel like preservation of the body in a like, lot of the literature like, Yeah,
1: it dep- it's a cultural thing. It depends on, like, I don't know. I do think it's very much based on, like, you know, the uh, Eastern Bloc is like, oh no, we ain't burning anybody.
0: Like, cause well, you they take- have an unfortunate history with burning people. Well, so. Oh,
1: boy. Well, also, like, you take pictures with the body and send them to distant. Rel- it's fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, it's that, gross. that's
0: just a product of you, you backwoods scum. I mean, and your ancient traditions.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we could hard pass on this one. Like, we have to. I'm like, I'm going to sit this
0: one out. My, this my culture was painting the Sistine Chapel, while your culture was taking pictures with dead bodies in the woods. <sighs> Listen, I guess that would mean you invented photography uh, prior to the 19th century, but you get the gist.
1: <laughs> no, we were we were like, you know, making log cabins in the and putting a castle on a fucking lake for someone for some
0: reason. Hey man, a castle on a lake sounds pretty good. right? It's pretty sick. Um, (laughs) anyway,
1: but yeah, I thought like, it was kind of like the goal, like you wanted to be buried at the church. Like aren't like poets like Oscar Wilde is in some who, what writer is
0: in a church and there's a stone you can step on and be like, hi. Oh, I don't know for sure. But that's a, that's a pretty common thing with figures of note, yeah. whether it's saints or writers or, Whatever. And, like,
1: yeah. the goal is to be interned at uh, the Church of England? Yes. Whatever it's called? What's the official name of it?
0: I don't know.
1: Abbey? Something Abbey? No, not, I not think Abbey, Abbey. Abbeys
0: are residences, so I don't know what the church is called. The B- Buckingham Palace is a different thing. I'm yeah. not sure. But no. I, everybody well, knows what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, that's my goal. Burn me and put me up real high up in, in Britain.
0: Yeah, but, the, you know, you realize... At this point, it's quite unlikely that you'll achieve that level of status in mm. your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more <sighs> likely that you'll end up in the back of a refrigerated truck, and then eventually burned, and you'll have no funeral, and your family won't be allowed to claim your remains.
1: Oh, yeah. Just, not
0: just you. I mean, all of us. We'll just
1: back up the truck and let it into the East River.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point, well, why not? Well, well, that's... Oh, man. That's a fun... I mean... Mm, no.
1: No. Mm. Yeah they probably would do that
0: I don't think they know what they're going to do I mean right now <laughs> right, They don't I mean right now they're just storing the bodies Trying to avoid that question <laughs> This is very much <laughs> <so> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. we're,
1: we're don't, We don't want to do that This is supposed to be levity
0: Oh, it is levity, man. You is gotta, it, you gotta mm, just, you gotta just let the conversation go, go where it goes. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. There's no point in trying to be funny right now. Just talk about what's on our mind. And you know what's on our mind?
1: <laughs> uh, doom, gloom. Duh. <laughs> um, oh, the impending collapse. Ah, uh, hmm mmm. Can't wait. Um, no, I, I. Part of the reason why I just picked up my my cheese snacks today was also like, you know, obviously, like. We're all going to have to take on our skills, right? For, um, yes. for during the apocalypse. So, like, what skill are you going to have? I'm not going to run fast. I can barely fight. Well, I actually can. I can scratch you. Um, you know, I'm good with the keys and the hands. Um, but I'll be the forager. I'll be like, this we can eat. Like, I'll be finding the food for the, the, my pack of survivors
0: uh, you, you know okay all right uh, i'll I'll, ac- I'll accept that that's not a bad role for you in like the rpg of the end yeah, times. yeah, yeah. okay like i'll be the uh, healer and the and the food finder you will not be the healer i think why well, i'm good with band-aids uh, listen <laughs> <laughs> band-aids aside all of your other habits are almost completely destructive in every respect
1: i mean i've had a lot of penicillin shot into me <laughs> Oh, just
0: give away. Yeah, well, that that brings me to my second point. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on your parade here, your forager <laughs> parade. But, but listen, man, like your version of foraging requires a tremendous amount of large scale infrastructure. Oh yeah, uh, shipping, uh, packaging. You know, all around matters of. Supply I'm really good chains.
1: at like sniffing it and going. Yeah, we can still you eat. You
0: are great at foraging in a major city for expensive things. <laughs> Now, yes. we put you in the woods, and I don't think you'd last two seconds trying to tell us which mushroom to eat. Or I think
1: I could. Half the
0: party would be tripping, and the other half would be dead.
1: Well, you don't eat the Mario-looking
0: ones. We all know that. Well, of course we know, we know you don't eat the Mario ones, I mean, unless you want to grow big or start to shoot fire, which could be a useful skill. Could be useful.
1: Um, No, but like, you know, many parts of a pine cone are edible. Um, you know, I could figure that out.
0: You could figure that you you know that parts of it are edible, you don't know which parts. No. Which also implies that you don't know which parts are potentially fatal. Because I believe that's also true of pine cones. Yes, parts of it are edible, but parts of it are fatal or at least. Well, we're not gonna eat the pine cone. Yeah. This so this is what I'm saying. I think if I think if you're trying to task yourself with the role of forager
1: I think my actual role is confused mage.
0: I think your actual role, and I mean this with with an open heart and loving kindness, <laughs> is uh, dead weight to be eventually eaten. Which is why you need to keep feeding yourself, <laughs> so I can provide sustenance. For you the rest need to of use your urban foraging skills to your greatest uh, advantage for the next couple of months, so that when we finally have to drag your ass through the ruins of our post-apocalyptic society, we'll uh, we'll have some nice fatty bacon to <laughs> just cut right out of you and cook up. Uh, and we'll say, you know, oh, ooh, do you taste the notes of a uh, Saragina cheese in this? Tastes sl- like slice Rana of Padano. Will's belly. Mm, yeah. How dare you? Well, hey, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. I, you know, mm. I, I, don't eat my liver. It's not going to be well, usable. Well, now here's your chance to throw it back on me. I always liked to imagine that my po- my post apocalyptic role would be the ranger. Basically, I would be the officer of the group. Huh. I would be calling all the shots, Hmm. the tactical shots, you know, I would be somebody who is fierce, yet warm hearted, Mm -hmm. cruel when necessary, Mm -hmm. but loving to my intimate group. Mm -hmm. And I would lead the way. Mm. I always imagined myself with like, you know, because most of my friends are ladies, right? So I always imagined myself with a group of like female snipers like on <laughs> like on a walkie-talkie like calling the shots to different rooftops to like, you know, take down a rival gang as we make uh-huh, our escape from uh-huh. New York. I'd be wearing my army jacket, my literal army digital camo jacket. Oh boy. While I did this. Uh-huh. But, you know,
1: uh, you, we already established that they don't know walkie-talkie speak. That's so true. I would just be screaming on the ground going, "Jesus Christ, take the shot already." What? Did you say copy?
0: Yeah, but I didn't. I just waited. I thought I was going to get a, another one. Well, well, here's what here's what we could do. Uh, this goes two ways. With our newfound audio skills and our mm. setup, um, I could call the shots to you, and you would be the radio operator communicating that to the oh. troops. And since you're a gay man with walkie-talkie experience, perhaps you could find a way to translate for our glorious female warriors regular walkie speak mm-hmm. into a femme fierce femme version that they would appreciate I don't, I don't appreciate this this relating
1: uh homosexuality with being fierce i don't,
0: uh. wait a minute are you going that far woke on me in the middle of a pandemic that now, now fierce is homophobic yes it's
1: well, we're not all fierce some of us are flabby and
0: timid well you're getting there <laughs> oh boy <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that could be interesting. I think I think that's a good uh, that's a good avenue for our squad. Like you're just going to be like, you know, what's your twenty? And I'll be like,
1: bitches, where are we? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're Precisely. at the corner over here. Okay, we're at the corner over here. Copy. All right, oh, he knows where we are.
0: All right. Yeah, you got do this one. You got targets at six and eight.
1: <sighs> All right, left over there. You see that bush? That's not a bush. That's a man with a bush on it. Shoot it. Well, and here's then that the, one all the way right behind you. Just turn
0: around. Here's the thing: I have a criticism of your formula. It worked really good when you went from "What's your 20 to "Bitches, where are we at?" Yeah. You gotta you gotta pare it down a little yeah. bit. We gotta we gotta workshop this uh, this lexicon.
1: It's hard to translate six and eight when you're like, okay, it's like a watch. Like, uh, mm, mm. it doesn't translate quickly.
0: It, it, much like you being unable to read dice, or millennials <laughs> not being able to read standard analog clocks. Like it, the reason that walkie speak is the way that it is is because it is the simplified form it is the so simplest thing there's really can, no like, way to like redo it but i do think that like instagram and youtube lingo is the way to go because uh, i'm sure there are analogies for all of this i'm going to do some research for six this. and
1: eight though like no because those are i would just be like pointing i'm just like oh huh.
0: like but that's the thing you got to do it from out of sight man we got to yeah. keep we got to keep our strike clandestine
1: mm. mm-hmm. well
0: Uh, You know, I I packed a literal go bag two days ago. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've been joking about doing that for a long time, but I thought if the time was ever, it's now. Mm. And I was cleaning my room up, and every time I clean my room, I, like, organize all of my little trinkets because I just have so much crap. Yeah, I, I hide it pretty well, uh-huh. but I have a lot of like just dumb yeah, bullshit. I have messy
1: shit. No, I don't have as much little things as I you. I have little things. You have so yeah. many little things.
0: But so every time I like throw it all on my bed and I start to just knoll it all up and lay it all out and I realize that I have like 15 knives. Why? I I just have so many different like pocket knives and multi-tools and like bigger oh. knives. I just have an assortment. And that's only one example. Mm-hmm. So I realized actually when I did that and I was going to put it all back, I was like, "Wait a minute. I have everything already in my room for a go bag. I have everything. I have a full I have a full medical kit. I'm not kidding you." What? I have everything necessary to like triage minor wounds why i just do i mean <laughs> my my parents also both like always send me stuff like that from time huh. to time and i never use it so it just accumulates and now i realized like wow i have like a full bandage set i have gauze i have neosporin i have aspirin i have advil i have like oh, you can't
1: take advil you'll die
0: i uh, heard that yeah i have knives i have lighters i have like everything i have five hundred dollars in cash i have all Mm, of this mm -hmm. stuff and i just put it all together into the bag with like some clothes i put some socks and underwear in there and like some critical shirts and like i actually some critical
1: shirts what defines a critical shirt a
0: critical shirt is simply a t-shirt but i took some of my best t-shirts that i would like to wear around the house and i put them in there instead because you know if shit hits the fan you got to be ready to run please tell me the cleveland brown shirt is a critical shirt The Cleveland Brown shirt is a critical shirt if you're just trying to drip sauce.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) I I never say that word. This has been a week three of terrible phrases, terrible straight phrases I wish to never hear or ever hear uttered. Ever again. Oh, hey,
0: man. The drip and sauce is cross-sexuality, cross-gender. Anybody can drip, you know?
1: I, oh, I'm aware. Mm. I'm I'm aware of uh, the drip. Thank you very much. Jeez. Oh, um, you always got to bring it back to that. What? Coronavirus! I just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, anyway. Um, I think that's an okay place to stop. We're well over an hour. Oh, we are? Oh, but yeah.
1: yeah I, I feel like I was not, like... The p- the problem, I keep stuttering because talking is so foreign to me.
0: Yeah, it's the opposite for me, if you can't tell. Yeah, I don't... Being in my head all day makes me ready to fucking go. Yeah, I'm like,
1: yeah. Uh, I have to practice. I don't know how to talk
0: um it's very strange uh well here's here's what we'll do this is a unique one like i said at the beginning because we started it late, and then we did a weird stoppy kind of impromptu and we stopped in the middle but i think for the future episodes that are just the boys Mm -hmm. and where we don't have a guest this is critical where we Mm. don't have a guest only i'm gonna let you have about three drinks (laughs) no and then we'll get on mic oh boy just to get loosey goosey, yeah. Just to get you, just to get you loosened up. Um, unfortunately, see, we were, our dynamic on this podcast works opposite ways. Where like, if I'm relatively sober and I haven't talked all day, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good on it. Yeah, and if you are relatively sober and haven't talked all day, you can't get your head right. Yeah, my brain doesn't. But if you have three drinks and you've talked oh, for a couple hours, then you're ready to go yeah. and you have like a flawless train of thought and everything. And if I have three drinks. And talk for a while, and then get on mic. I'm just Hot a mess. mess. I can't get yeah. my train of thought. I'm gonna lose it. So. Yeah, uh, that's okay. But that's the primary dynamic that we uh, have established here. Uh, it works well. Hmm. The episodes, you know, vary in their quality. Well, but we got to harness that. So next, yeah. so next time, mm-hmm. I want to give you a fair chance. You're gonna have three drinks. I'm gonna have two. None. I need two. Fine, two. Fine, two, two. When I'm woo. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then we'll and then we'll then we'll be off. Mm-hmm. Fair, okay, square deal. We have a special guest on Saturday. No need to name names yet, but it's a first timer, and I think you'll you guys will like her. So, oh, you're g- given we're giving away the gender. She could be trans, though. You never know. <sighs>